Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Robert Duran Jr. and you're listening to Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast. Welcome to episode 37 of Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast. It's Sean Basto, your host as always, and joined by Cahill Jennings. It's been a relatively quiet weekend and a relatively quiet weekend to come. Cahill, did you enjoy the fights Thursday, Friday and Saturday? Yeah, no, I did. Uh, I, it, it, was, it was a quiet weekend in terms of boxing compared to what we've had uh, over recent weeks, and I think it might be quieter again this weekend, but uh, enjoyed the, the Jamie McDonald fight as long as it lasted, and I'd uh, like to see a new way, and looking, looking, to, looking forward to seeing a lot more of him. So Certainly are, and we'll talk about that in a couple of moments. So let's just go over what we've got on today's show. So there is three main fights which we want to cover from last weekend. It's Tyrone Nurse's fight over in Australia, the Jamie McDonald fight, which we talked about with Inoue, and then Calify's American debut. They're the three main fights that I want to talk about on this week's episode. We've also got the Irish boxing updates to come this week in boxing history. We've got quite a little bit for news and gossip this week. There's quite a few rumours flying around and bits of information flying around. There isn't really anything to cover for next weekend coming up because there isn't really any major fights on. There's a lot of small hall shows going on around the UK. I think there's about three or four. I know there's one at York Hall, Bethnal Green. Uh, There's a few fights on there. But in terms of of, of what's going on, you know, internationally, there isn't anything major going on. So it's going to be a shorter episode today and I'm really looking forward to talking about the fights. So let's get straight into what happened. And I think I'd like to go chronologically in order of, of the 
fights sort of as they happened last week. So we'll start off with Thursday's fight, which was in Australia. In UK time, it was at 1pm, I think it started, over here. And it was Tyrone Nurse's chance to have a mandatory shot at the Commonwealth title, facing off against Jack Brubaker. It was one of the worst decisions I have seen in boxing for quite a long time. I think the last decision I seen that was as bad as this was Matthew Macklin and Felix Sturm. This decision effort to award Jack Brubaker the fight against Tyrone Nurse was was pretty poor and it's starting to make me feel now that Australia is becoming the new Germany and I've said this a couple of times on social media and quite a few people have kind of appreciated that comment and I think they're realising that Australia are trying to sort of make themselves into this up and coming country in terms of boxing, in terms of staging fights over there and trying to get big fights over there and it just kind of feels like each time they get the opportunity to get a relatively decent fight over there there's always a bit of controversy with the scorecards and, and this one was this one was probably the worst so far I think over in Australia Tyrone Nurse for me controlled that fight he looked a lot better up at the weight he, he, you know he moved up to welterweight now and he looked a lot better even for the, just them seven pounds seems to make a difference to him and for me he seemed to control the fight and the way I would have scored that fight should I have been sat in that hot seat as a judge I think I would have scored it at a 117 111 I think that kind of would have been my scorecard I, you know but maybe being a little bit generous there on Brubaker to be honest with you because I think there was a lot of ringside uh, observers that, that sort of had it 118-110 it is even wider of a scorecard and there was a lot of uproar on social media about this there was a lot of uh, other professional fighters out there that couldn't believe that this this was the result that, that had happened and like I said Australia are not doing themselves any favours here with this one so Cahill going over to you then what did you think about this one did, I, obviously you might have not caught it at the time but catching up on it and catching up on the result what did you make of the whole controversy over this fight? Yeah, it, it was a strange one. I think these kind of things is what give boxing a bad name. Um, I know, I think people always throw the kind of shade of uh, the bad judges in Germany and stuff like that, but Australia seems to be getting a bit of that now as well. And it, it was it, it, it's a strange decision to say the least. And these kind of things are like Tyrone Nurse bouncing back from a defeat. It, like he, he's someone who went all the way down to Australia and he's not given, he's let down by the, the three judges at ring, ringside. And they always say, don't leave it to the judges. And that's where that saying comes from. It's stuff like this where you hope that you can trust the guy that's sitting down there watching the fight that you trust that will score score the fight fairly and it, and it's just not done um, looking online after the fight uh, on the day I was actually working I didn't see the fight I saw the I saw the uh, the result come through and some of the some of the comments are like worst decision of the year so far amateur out by the NSW officials tonight clear three round win to nurse it wasn't close it's a disgraceful decision it wasn't if you want the sport to grow this is simply not acceptable those kind of things and I think it was it was tough on nurse for me you got it and it, you can see people's outrage um, online. That someone who's gone all the way down there, he's, he's taken he's taken the risk, and it's really not paid off from on a fight that for many he's won. Yeah, absolutely. The thing is for for Tyrone Nurse now is it sort of it puts him right back down to square one again because he lost to Jack Catterall, he lost his British title, decided to make the move up in weight, fortunately got that shot to be potentially fight for the Commonwealth title, uh, and that's been taken away from him as well now. The only other option really for him now for me would be to sort of look at trying to go down the British title domestic route that would be the only other way really for him to, to start making tracks because we said last week he's 28 years old he's still got a little bit of time on his side here to be potentially make himself a, a champion again in the future and I said it to him in that interview last week where he was talking about would he like to become a British champion in a second way and it's something he would love to do as you heard so that would be a really good route for him to go down but he's potentially missed out on a great potential fight with Josh Kelly here hasn't he as well and that's another disappointing thing as a result of this now is you know I'm not suggesting Josh Kelly's got the fight with Chris George in the bag but on paper it kind of looks like Josh Kelly's going to be the one that takes 
that fight and it, it would have set that fight up really really nicely and unfortunately it isn't going to be the case now and we're going to have to see if Tyrone Nurse can look at maybe going down the, the British title route which uh, I think I, I think it's still with Bradley Skeet I think he was going to vacate it I think Tyrone mentioned it actually in that interview that he was looking at vacating it should he beat Lajara for the European title a few weeks back but because he didn't I think he does actually still hold that title so there is a, still a route really for Tyrone Nurse to go down in terms of Brubaker and where he goes from here now he's got a absolute blinding opportunity although he doesn't deserve it he's got a blinding opportunity to face the winner of Chris George and Josh Kelly now which I think will end up over here the winner of that fight will probably end up over in Britain and I'm kind of talking like Josh Kelly's got it in the bag there but I do kind of feel like he is that good of a fighter that he will beat Chris George so we'll have to wait and see obviously for that for that card to come through and, and see what happens there but I think Tyrone Nurse's next best thing for me would be to go down the British title route next and I think that's where he where he can go from there Cahal I'll come back to over, over to you then now and talk about this do you feel that British title opportunity is really the, the only way Tyrone Nurse really can go to re-establishing himself as a top dog now yeah I, th- I think so and I think I think he would have got his fingers burnt and I think his nose would be out of joint a little bit after going all the way down to Australia and kind of almost he, he's coming back completely empty handed I don't think the, the judges people kind of look at that stuff where don't leave it in the hands of the judges but he comes back now off two defeats and he might find it hard but Tyrone's going to get fights and, and that's the main thing and I don't know where Brubaker goes maybe we might see him over in the UK I can't see people wanting to see that fight again unless you're a, a diehard Tyrone Nurse fan because he's been kind of screwed before and if he can get if he got the rematch um, I, hopefully he could right the wrong so um, who knows maybe Eddie Hearn might throw him in with, um, with Josh Kelly but I think Josh Kelly is the one that they want to push on now so it was kind of that would have been a great chance for Tyrone Nurse to get in with Josh Kelly but this ski fight is one I like and it makes sense these domestic fights always make sense and, and they, they have huge following and, and people want to back them and I think when with Nurse gone all the way down to Australia and then kind of for me it's not something he'd be probably willing to do again knowing what knowing what happens when he travels so for me it would it would appear that he's going to stay on the British route and stay on the British scene Absolutely well I wish him the best of luck because obviously we want to see where this career goes and how he can sort of finalise this career in the next couple of years so moving on then let's go over to Friday afternoon's fight now me and you were talking about this fight a lot last week on the podcast and we was harping on about how it was Saturday morning Saturday morning Saturday morning and actually you text me on the Friday going we've been talking on the podcast about the Jamie McDonald fight and it's actually happening in about an hour's time and I was just like oh shit you're right actually and fortunately enough I managed to find a live stream while I was on my lunch at work and I did share it on social media for people to watch so I was fortunate to pick that up quite quickly although it was in Japanese commentary which is always quite entertaining to listen to especially when their man is doing the business so that's the next fight I want to talk about is Jamie McDonald versus Nao Inoue He's got to get through this opening round. He's got a minute left. Retreats to the ropes immediately. Inoue looking to tee off with that right hand left hand. And McDonald sags into the ropes again. And Luis Pabon, the referee, has jumped in and weighed this off. Inside the first round, Jamie McDonald has been blown away by Noah Inoue. He's been slain by the monster. Jamie McDonnell was slain by the monster which was Nao Inoue we, we, we were talking about this a lot on the podcast last week because it was one of the fights we were covering we we were sort of not really giving Jamie McDonnell much of a chance but kind of hoping from from this perspective here that he, you know he might actually be able to do something and I think what worried me was before the fight occurred and looking at the weigh-in and looking at a few pictures from the weigh-in he, he looked pretty weight drained to be honest and he looked pretty dead at the weight there but as a part of me still hopes that he could go away and, and do something and 
and, and maybe look at keeping Anue at range. But as soon as the bell rang, Anue was on him. He was all over him like a rash, all over him like a fat kid on a cupcake. That is what he was like, Anue. He just came forward straight away, throwing shots to the inside, throwing them over the top. He caught McDonald with that right hand, and McDonald wobbled, and then he caught him again and put him down with, I think it was with a left hook or a left cross. That, for me, then was the beginning of the end. As soon as McDonald went down, I knew, I knew this was it. I knew this was going to finish in the first round. And then, as soon as he got up, he got up at the, obviously, the count of eight, the standing eight. The thudding shots that were coming off his body and then to his head from Inoue. Wow, I wasn't expecting that guy to, to have that much power. When you look at him, he, he you know, he looks like he is a type of fighter that he's going to be really athletic, really fast, but he isn't really going to have a lot of power. And I know he was renowned for having this power in the super flyweight division, but I didn't really think that was going to have that much of an effect as he did. What, by, you know, wow, was I wrong on this one? I was very wrong on this one in terms of the, the, the power side of things. But McDonald, I feel for him because he's travelled all the way over there and literally lost his title within 90 seconds. And Caldwell's come out afterwards. Dave Caldwell has said that he needs to move up and he's looking at moving him up to featherweight, which is, is two is sort of two weight categories up from, from what he's been fighting at, which, to be fair, looking at the size of McDonald, you would have thought this this would have been a little bit sooner, to be honest, because he's got such a big frame. You never, you, I think a lot of people on social media always say, how the hell does McDonald make the bantamweight limit? Because looking at him, you, you wouldn't really think he, he could stay there for that long, but he's 32 years of, of age and he's still managed to do it. But I think it really shown and I think he was uh, pretty dead in the water. Although he did come in on fight night at 144 pounds, I believe, which is three pounds shy of the welterweight limit. I just don't think he, he, he had it in him that night, unfortunately. And I think it was evident that it was time for that move up and that weight needed to... I get, you know, the Lee Selby fight with Josh Warrington a couple of weeks ago, we talked about it in that fight and we kind of felt Selby was a little bit dead of the weight and I think it was the same situation here. Although Lee Selby went the distance and wasn't blown away in one round, but Anue, what a showing, Cole. What a showing from Anue. Going into the Bantamweight World Boxing Super Series tournament, which we'll talk about later. What a monster. What do you think of him? Yeah, it hasn't been... A, it wasn't a good weekend for uh, Brits on the road anyway, but uh, I just think Jane McDonald's in there with something special I think he, he does I think the weight issue is an actual issue when it comes to Jane McDonald um, seeing the pictures from the way in and seeing the way in looks very dry just dry around the mouth dry around the eyes and it, it, if he does move up to featherweight he is giving away a lot of he, he, the kind of the pluses that he did have at uh, the bantamweight division the height and the kind of reach but it didn't that didn't affect any way at all I think he, he knew the power he had the shots to the body the shots to the temple it, it seemed like everyone every shot was taken uh, was taking a toll on Jane McDonald even at that even at that early stage it kind of it was almost like Jane McDonald wanted to keep on a, keep on his bike a little bit steer clear of the power kind of trying to tr- feel, feel a new way out a little bit and then take it try to take it into the later rounds but with the power a new way has that was never going to happen and I think when, when McDonald does go down I think you see Dave Caldwell got up on the on the apron and I think he's uh, he's already he's already going to throw the towel in uh, it was it's one of them that a new way is three way world champion now and he's probably for me going to be the favourite in the World Boxing Super Series and, and that, that's just got more exciting now that series after uh, Friday's performance and I think Jay McDonald has plenty of options coming out, coming out of this like to travel out to Japan against someone undefeated record a knockout artist um, he, had not, he had nothing really to kind of he wasn't gaining much out of this he would have taken 
the scalp of a new way but he went out there like a true champion he went there and he put it all on the line and he came up short and I think it, it, it is time and I think it was maybe a couple of fights ago where he could have moved up but he did have a world title so I don't think he was too keen to move up with the world title or to kind of just vacate that I think the fighters who want to defend the title are what we want to see and I think a new way is something special and I think we're going to see a special world boxing super series but I think I'd like to see Jamie move up now and I think there's plenty of fights out there that can be made domestically and I think that Jamie doesn't get the respect he deserves and I don't think after that performance he, he won't he still won't get it because he did get beaten in the first round they're kind of going well, well why would we like what are we going to be shown from, from Jamie McDonald in his next fight he, he's someone who has complete balls who has always never turned down a challenge a lot of people wouldn't go near a new way I'm sure Ryan Burnett and all those kind of fighters now are really worried kind of with the prospect of facing the World Boxing Super Series and that just takes on a kind of he has that coming from Japan there's some exciting fighters we're going to get to see Tete Rodriguez Burnett and for me Burnett is probably the weaker champion in, in, the, in the whole competition and could be found out fairly quickly with the power Inoue has so I think he'll want to steer clear of him I think a lot of people are going to steer clear of Inoue um, really disappointed for Jen McDonald we always want to see Brits do well so I don't. I didn't think he was going to get the win I didn't think it would be that quick but it just Inoue proved that the power he has that he could probably stop anyone in the division and perhaps we could be looking at the, the, the next winner of the World Boxing Super Series but it's funny you talk about the World Boxing Super Series. Obviously, uh, Anuay is now confirmed that he is in the Bantamweight tournament. A lot of people are going to be favouring him as the winner for this one. Rightly so, I suppose, given the performance he's put on there and the way he's disposed of Jamie McDonnell and the way he's disposed of the previous opponents. He's got to be one of the favourites going into it now. But with the World Boxing Super Series, if you remember, they actually they get drawn in seeds, don't they? So like they get to pick their opponents, essentially. So I don't think you'll be seeing many people stay Stepping forward to fight a new way, will you? No, not at all. But I think Ryan Burnett is—they uh, all get to pick. But they—you'd you'd think that if it kept the way they wanted to go, that the semi-finals are going to be really exciting. And I think for me, I'd have to say it now. I think Burnett is probably Adam. Adam Booth has his. Uh, has his hands full trying to work out a game plan for each of those fighters that he's going to face yeah he's got a, a massive handful there but you, you know you think about the potential clashes that we may, might see in this now you know I think about a new A Tete final that that would be awesome that that you know I think that'd get a lot of people talking because it's it's two different styles of uh, you know of fighters and both that carry excessive power and it's quite evident that it could you know it could be a short night for both of them in this one but let's look forward and let's look on to a positive note over the weekend as Kalyafai took on David Cam over, over in America. Still undefeated. Still the WBO Super Flyweight Champion of the World from Birmingham, England. Kalyafai! So yes, Cal Yafai beat David Carmona over the weekend and he looked very impressive, I've got to say. That is probably the best I've seen Cal Yafai in, in his professional career. He was really, really not, I wouldn't say completely punch perfect, but he didn't waste a lot of shots. And it was evident from the first round when he scored the knockdown against Carmona that Carmona was in for a tough night here and Cal Yafai was firing in all cylinders. He knocked him again, he knocked him down again in the fifth. He finishes it sort of in the seventh when there's, well, when the, when, when he gets retired by his corner cam owner Kalyafai just looked really impressive on his American debut and now it's looking like it's going to set up a, a really good fight with another fighter who was on that which was uh, Jurian Ankaraz who picked up the win on the same bill as well so it's kind of looking like they're going to set up this fight and it's looking like it's going to be over in America to capture that American audience and I think that's why Eddie Hearn had Kalyafai on there not not just for the fact that he's got his matchroom USA and his big deal going on but also for the fact that this now nicely sets up that unification 
fight between your fire and anchor has it's really really going to be a good one that but going back to this fight with Carmona he just looked really impressive really impressive and I think a lot of people have kind of been a bit hit and miss with Cali fight like sometimes he can look you know really really good but sometimes he looks a little bit flat and, and struggles to get going and you can kind of just see he's going through the motions a little bit with some of the fights that he's had but again it's I think he's, he's done it because he's stepping up in opposition he wants to make an impression he's on a big American bill it's a co-promoted one with top rank so he wants to make that big impression and he, he certainly did on Saturday night and I was really really impressed with him when I watched it back on Sunday morning and I just thought he really is coming into his own in that division now and, and this the unification fight which is going to be proposed is one that will really really get a lot of people excited especially obviously over here in the UK they'll really buy into Calify now and I think that's for me that's one thing that I, I think he's slightly missing about him you know as an overall package he's, he's a fantastic fighter had a great amateur background as we know but he doesn't really seem to have that sort of nationwide support that you see with a lot of other fighters like the guys that have really propelled themselves like your Anthony Joshua's you know your George Groves you know people like that people that have you know even Chris Eubank Jr love him or hate him he's a big name he's got himself that big name that controversy around it Cal Yafai doesn't seem to have that same sort of level or scale of support and it just kind of feels like when you hear Yafai you're thinking oh yeah oh no I'm, I'm, I might watch that one tomorrow kind of fight it's not the kind of fight you want to sit there and think oh stay up and watch that fight you kind of just feel that ah, it's one that I'll watch tomorrow you'd rather go and watch something else and that's a shame really because that performance for me were, was was a main event winning performance and I think he's, he's worthy of a main event after that how did you find Jafai's performance then Cole did you feel it was a, a, one of his best performances as yet yeah I probably agree with you Sean on all of that because if I seems to be someone who was improving with, with Detroit and he seems to get himself up for maybe maybe it was the chance to fight in America in front of that crowd and, and show what he's all about I mean and I think he needed to put in a good performance on American soil for people to kind of take notice and maybe to be able to build those big fights with maybe Ancarest maybe with Gonzalez those kind of fights are all fights that we'd like to see and I think you're pretty right if I didn't have the following in the UK so he doesn't have it just yet so if he comes back from the, the States and maybe two or three fights with maybe another world title there and you can kind of re-announce him to the British people because he's been on the kind of he's been on undercards of matchroom shows and, and he's not been high up in the cards so people haven't got a chance for you to see Cali fight so if he's building his profile out in the States I don't think it's going to do him any harm and I think Eddie Hearn has the platform now where he can build fighters like Cali Fire over in the States and they can build their own profile and maybe have have big nights over there and then when it when it's time to come back to the UK when the fa- the, the following is there and the likes of Birmingham and, and up north and, and in London and those kind of that's when he we maybe that he can sell out the big fights um on his own but I think with his amateur background and, and the record he has at the moment he does carry power which is what we like to see sometimes at the, at the lighter weights we don't get to see fighters who, who carry the biggest amount of power but I like the Gonzalez fight I like the Ankaras fight I think Ankaras or Ankaras however you say his name I think he, he's he's the guy who defeated um, Jamie Conlon and Jamie Conlon's um, tilt at a world title so someone who I watched the other night as well and, and, a, and a good performance not people were saying he's the, could be the next Manny Pacquiao I'm not, I, I wasn't seeing that the other night a good steady solid performance against uh, Sultan so two exciting fighters and I think that these lighter divisions now that we'll probably get to see more than with the likes of Ufi from a British standpoint and an Irish standpoint that I think Eddie Hearn would like to build these kind of guys over in the States and build their profile that when they do come back the people go oh yeah that's Cali Fai the, the British guy who's won the world titles over in the States now he's coming home why don't we go to his fight and build it, build a show around him like the likes of Jamie McDonald I think would have been able to do if he could have come back with the Inoue win but it's exciting times for Cali Fai and I'd be excited to see the Gonzalez fight especially I think Gonzalez still has a lot to offer despite a, the, despite a couple of defeats I think those lighter divisions are really getting exciting now and Cali Fai from, a, from a, an Irish and British standpoint is, is the one where we kind of have an in on that one a little bit and I'm sure Eddie Hearn as he said himself in recent interviews 
is that they love California over in the States and they really want to see him over there so exciting times ahead for California if he can keep putting on performances like the other night and um, he just uh, just a dominant performance he never never looked really in trouble never never looked like as if he, that he was Carmona was really troubling him at all so an, an, an exciting performance and I think that he's going to endear himself to a lot of those American fans if he keeps up performances like that Absolutely we're looking forward to seeing how it progresses from here and everything you said is it's all valid points it's, it's what people want to see and it's kind of just about getting him out there now I think it's the, the right time to get him exposed and get him up to the top of them cards rather than him being down further on the cards and people not really getting to see quality of it like we've sort of seen the other night and really impressed with him really looking forward to sort of seeing this unification fight now and it's going to be a really tough fight for him against Ankaraz and I, I think he'll come through it he's got the quality to come through it and he's shown he's got the quality to come through it but as we've seen with Ankaraz when he fought uh, on Saturday night he looked really impressive and he looked really impressive against Jamie Conlon as well he, I think he really messed up Jamie Conlon's face didn't he as well from what I remember yeah I think Jamie Conlon is one of those though that every time he fights he seems to get a cut in his eyes the, the scar tissue they're always going to bleed he's always going to look like he was in a tough fight he could be in a two round fight if he gets hit he's going to bleed so he, it's one of them that he, he might be getting the punishment that his face looked like he was getting but he, he, he did come up short against uh, Ankaraz and he's a, he's a quality fighter Ankaraz and I think the Conlon the, the Afi fight makes all the sense in the world if they can do it over in the States and maybe if they can do it on British shores but I think they'll want to build the Afi over in the States and I think the kind of fights that we'd like to see are those kind of fights those because the lighter divisions they always seem to match them off at a certain point it doesn't seem to be build, build, build they just get them in there as quick as they can because th- that's what we want to see and I think Afi is from a British standpoint in the lower divisions probably the most exciting fighter they have Well let's move on then and let's go to the next segment and just before we do there isn't anything to talk about for this weekend as I said at the top of the show there's no major fights on this weekend there is a lot of small hall shows on this weekend I know there's one on the New York called Bethnal Green I know there's a couple of American shows going on if you're looking at finding out about American prospects over there but in terms of big major fights coming on this weekend we've got a week off from it basically and then we've got a run of about three weeks in a row where we're going to have some great cards and great fights to potentially talk about so we'll give that one a miss this week but we'll move on and we'll go to Carl's segment of the Irish Boxing Updates Yeah, thanks, Sean. Uh, Ray Molest was was back out this weekend. He's keeping himself busy. He wasn't on American shores this weekend. He was on British shores actually. Uh, he fought Jorge Moreno over in um, over in Ipswich actually, and uh, he picked up a win, another KO victory. And, and Ray's really pushing on now. He's got ten victories now, and his next fight will be for the Irish title. So that'll hopefully, more than likely, um, that'll be on British. Sh- that'll be on Irish shores. Thankfully, we get to see Ray back home. And I think if it was if it was one that to get in County Mayo for Ray, I think it would be uh, a dream come true for him. He's um, he's a very passionate Irishman, and I think. He's, he's been on the road a good bit and I think if he could get a get a fight in his hometown for the Irish title I think um, I think it would mean a lot to Ray and I think he deserves it because these kind of Irish guys who are on the on, on the road at the moment I think the chance of coming home to fight for a big title like the Irish title is, is something they deserve and I hope Ray can uh, can actually get that for himself um, another Irish one who is on on the road again um, Aaron McKenna he picked up he picked up another victory another knockout victory over uh, the Real Harris that was over in the States um, I speak about Aaron the past few weeks he's someone who is uh, applying his trade over in the States with Golden Boy and we know what they're doing over in Golden Boy with the Irish fighters to kind of build and they have Spike O'Sullivan Jay Quigley um, they have Aaron's brother as well um, so they're, they're building a, a nice little stable out there and it's, it's exciting times if you're keeping across the Irish boxing scene uh, another little update there was supposed to be a Celtic Clash 6 that's actually been pushed back a few weeks now that was going to be a card that would have been here in Dublin and that's being pushed about to I think it's July 14th I think the promoters were saying there was um, too many injuries and stuff like that but they said that uh, it gave them the chance to, to build 
bigger fight. So an exciting card when it when it is when it is going to be on in July, a little summer blockbuster. These small hall shows that are really doing wonders for Irish boxing, and given the kind of the Irish fighters maybe that don't have the profile of, of Spike O'Sullivan and Jay Quigley, kind of give them the platform to build their name and kind of come up through the come up through the small hall shows, and and you get to see some quality fights. You're close to the fights. You can hear every punch land and and some brilliant fights. And a Celtic clash. Um, they've they've all they've never failed to deliver. Celtic clash. This I, I I expect to be the same. So other than that, that's the Irish boxing scene at the moment. Thanks very much for that, Cahill. So we'll move on to the next segment of the show, and it's this week in boxing history. <laughs> I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over! Mamma mia, he's done it! Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko! Yes, it's this week in boxing history and another good week to talk about this week. The first one, or the first two on the list, is a a really interesting story. The first one happened in 1934 and it was on the 28th of May 1934. So, it was the welterweight champion of the world, Barney Ross, defeating Jimmy McLaren in Long Island City in New York. He wins the welterweight title in 1934. He fights Jimmy McLaren again in September of the same year, which is now 1934 and loses on a split decision. Fast forward to the 28th of May. Yes, that's the same date, the 28th of May 1935, and Barney Ross beats Jimmy McLaren and retains his World Welterweight title and becomes a champion again, which I find a really uh, a really amazing little story and I'll be interested to, to to find a bit more intricate detail out about that, but on on you know the the cusp of it, you're kind of looking at it and thinking, so he beats him on the 28th of May 1934 and then he beats him again on the 28th of May, but in 1935, a year later, obviously the backstory to it is he loses his title in September of 1934 and then retains it back off the same opponent, which is Jimmy McLaren in 1935. It's it's a bit of a bit of a crazy one, bit of a coincidence that it happened on the same day. I don't think you see that happen at all in boxing I can't think of any other fighter or fight in history off the top of my head that uh, this has actually happened to in- involving the same fighters in the same weight and the same world title it's absolutely mental that one and you were just saying to me a little bit earlier on Cahill about when we were talking about it you see, it seems like one of them stories where you, you know you want to kind of find a bit more intricate detail about it doesn't it? Yeah 100% the one thing where back then they got three fights in 12 months from a trilogy in 12 months if that was now we'd be waiting years for just a second fight of a first good fight so it must have been good back in boxing in those days that you didn't have to wait long to see these guys take each other on where you could kind of go yeah sure we'll probably see them fight another two times in the next 12 months so it must have been exciting times with Brandy Ross when he was uh, when he was taking the t- when he was taking the titles and you knew who he was going in against and knew what he had to do but just strange coincidence that you can uh, it seemed to fall in those days I know it's, uh, it's a bit of a crazy one now like I say I don't think I've ever heard that one happen before I'll be interested to see if there is an actual event that's happened again involving the same fighters but I, I think it'll be a it's kind of a one of a kind situation this I think well let's move on and go to the 31st of May now there's three all on this day three different events that have occurred all on this day the first one happened in 1983 I'll go chronologically on this one and it's the death of Jack Dempsey at the age of 87 just touching a little bit on Jack Dempsey uh, just a bit of a swan song of our greatest heavyweights podcast episode that we did which I hope you all enjoyed by 
by the way. Jack Dempsey, he became not just a champion, but a two-weight world champion. He became a light heavyweight champion, and then he went on to become a world heavyweight champion. He's the guy that I think you mentioned in that particular podcast, Cahill, that he, he was one of these guys earlier on, you know, in the sort of twenty, you know, I think it was like the, the ninety, early nineteen hundreds, sort of nineteen nineteen, going onwards to the nineteen twenties, where he, he was again, he was the guy that sort of transcended the sport. Although when you look through his record and you look at the, his accomplishments earlier on in his career, he actually picked up a couple of losses before he won a, a world heavyweight title. He won the world light heavyweight title first, but you look through and you think to yourself, well, on 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 the front of it, it looks like a bit of a patchy record there. But you've said it so many times to us, Carl about the fact that these guys had to fight in smaller gloves, longer rounds and they were bound to pick up losses at some point of the career and there was uh, very few people that ever wasn't able to, to, to go without picking up a loss. You know, there, there was Rocky Marciano who we mentioned on the pod, on the other podcast about the greatest heavyweights where he was one of the only fighters to, to never be defeated but Jack Dempsey was another pioneer of the sport I would say for, for that era and he sort of puts into perspective the, the likes of Jack Dempsey and then you go on to see the likes of Joe Lewis and so on and so forth but Jack Dempsey you you talked a lot about him on the Greatest Heavyweights podcast what do you know of, of his career and, and what he accomplished as a fighter? Yeah one of the most famous names when it comes to boxing and uh, a former world champion and that's what I always say that his his record may look patchy but when you look at some of the some of the records that these guys had there's one guy here and his name is I, I think is brilliant Battling, Levins, Battling Levinsky who is 144 wins 31 losses and 30 draws that's someone who has had over 200 fights you could just imagine what these guys were going through and these guys when they when they did get the championship when they did get the championship um, it, it meant something it, it didn't it wasn't just kind of I'm not trying to put down anybody's achievement these days but you could become a WBO champion and no one would even know that you were ever world champion and it, it, I think that might stick in the craw of a lot of people but um, a, a pioneer of the sport and he, it's such a familiar name and a very Irish sounded name to a lot of people so um. One of, the, one of the very famous names when it comes to boxing and the, known as the mauler but I think these guys must have all been maulers because I don't think much style was go in and knock him out and see what you can do I think that's that's what it was but a famous name and I, that's why I think you always get you'd get an honourable mention on any list and as you were saying there these guys it was must have been hard to stay undefeated that's why I think it hammers home the point of Rocky Marciano having to be on well on my list because of what the guys used to have to go through having 200 plus fights and even like Jack Dempsey these days if it was this time would have been up there with the best so that's why I think these guys deserve complete respect absolutely I want to move on and go to the next one on the list so the next one on the list is in 1987 and it was Tony Tucker knocking out James Buster Douglas in Las Vegas to win the vacant IBF heavyweight title which this happened in 1987 not three years later James Buster Douglas goes on and gives us one of the biggest updates in boxing history Uh, Tony Tucker uh, another Mike Tyson opponent which they all sort of went in the same circles when you look through you know the records he lost to Tony Tucker in 1987 he obviously then goes on to beat the likes of Oliver McCall Trevor Burbeck and then Mike Tyson and then fights people like Evander Holyfield in his career so you think about the type of career he sort of forged and off that one win alone against Mike Tyson it's amazing to sort of see how he managed to make a, a really good career out of, of what he had he won the world heavyweight title not you know there's not a lot of people that can say they did that in the career it's amazing that he did that and in this 
the particular loss was against Tony Tucker and Tony, like I say Tony Tucker fought Mike Tyson and Mike Tyson absolutely destroyed him and it was just it's just mental like to think all these guys would, would fight in all the same circles it was a re- really really good win there for Tony Tucker beating James Buster Douglas there in 1987 so I want to go to the final one which was on the 31st of May and it was in 1997 and it was classed as one of the upset of the years when it was cool Vince Phillips knocking out Kostyazu in Atlantic City to win the IBF super lightweight title. Kostyazu was regarded as one of the best in the world at that point and Vince Phillips comes along knocks him out in 10 rounds and completely upsets the apple cart. These are two opponents that went on to face Ricky Hatton a, a few years later and this was at a point where they were, they were, they were, you know, they were really 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 good fighters at this point as well and I think when, when they sort of they come around to sort of when Hatton fought them they were sort of say coming into the final stanza of their careers I would say I think Kostasu was about 34 at the time he fought Ricky Hatton and I think Vince Phillips was, was in his early 30s as well but this particular fight was a good one to go back and watch if you want to go on YouTube that one Vince Phillips knocking out Kostasu in 1997 so that concludes this week's boxing history just want to take a quick pause for the cause it's just to give a shout out to the sponsors for the podcast Steroplast Healthcare Limited setting the standards across the seven sectors you've heard it all before Steroplast provides so many different products in particular to the boxing world we've got the Sterotape Zinc Oxide Tape we've also got the boxing wraps we've got the Chin Top Bottle we've also got the new KO Tape which is coming very very soon so look out for that on Steroplast website as you know we've got all the fighters in the northwest using it at the moment and Steroplast are getting around to as many gyms as they possibly can to tell people about their products about their tapes uh, and what's coming up in the future so get over to steroplast.co.uk to find out more about these fantastic products got the final section of the show today which is the news and gossip section let's have a look at what's been going on then in the news and gossip this week as always we look at social media we look at all the rumors that are going around social media and it's really good to sort of see the speculation the first one that i've put down on this week's list is golden boy president eric gomez has declared that canelo alvarez versus Gennady kolovkin rematch is currently dead as in dead in the water this is in response to triple g's demand for a 50 50 split you know what right i think triple g deserves a 50 50 split in this i think that's absolutely ridiculous for golden boy to turn around and say you know what we ain't going to go to them demands you can go and fight somebody else at the end of the day Triple G's not the one that's been caught with the drugs the Columbuterol he's not the one that's been caught with that he didn't lose the fight to Canelo so why should he be taking the smaller purse I know Canelo's got a massive fan base of Mexicans and maybe Mexican Americans as well but Gennady Golovkin's earned a lot of respect and demands a lot of respect for what he's achieved so far in his career you know he's got every title in that particular division bar the WBO version which Billy Joe's got Billy Joe Saunders so why shouldn't he be the asking for a 50-50 split if not even a 60-40 split I think that's a bit ludicrous really given the fact that we've had all the scandals going around and the bans and everything else why should Canelo be the one to get the you know the, the bigger purse in this one what do you think of that? It's a joke and it, I always find I think it's interesting that Golden Boy are coming out with this and I think they're not doing themselves any favours with this kind of stuff coming out because you're saying that he doesn't he's not getting a 50-50 split the fact that Gennady Golovkin would even want to 
to share the ring with Canelo it should be a godsend to Canelo because no one should really want to get in the ring with him again I think he, he is tainted uh, just like the meat that he was taking so <laughs> that kind of thing of it's they're saying 50-50 it, it should be 80-20 this guy was has been found with Clembrutrol in his system and he's going in there and boxing is such a dangerous sport so why Gennady Golovkin it, it shows the, the man Gennady Golovkin is that he's kind of gone no I'll still get in with him I, I, I want to be I want to beat him and he wants to probably put the beating on him that did mean that I think he lost out on 15 million dollars or something like that I think he only got a million for the Baines fight so he's lost out on a lot and Canelo has the chance to come back fighting one of the biggest fights it is still that no matter what we say and he gets a 50 he gets a fair shake he gets 50-50 Canelo should be saying to the president the golden boy yeah, maybe we stay quiet whatever terms they have we agree to because we, we, we don't we don't have a leg to stand on when it comes to this kind of thing that we've been caught now we're trying to give out the demands and say that yeah Canelo Golovkin can he can swing he can swing for because we don't care we're not going to pay him we're not going 50-50 the the fact that even I thought it was laughable that they were saying that it shouldn't that I I couldn't believe that 50-50 is what they were talking about I thought it would have been 70-30 in Golovkin's favour because Canelo was on the comeback here where a lot of people are going to want to see him get beat and then a lot of people if he did get beat probably don't care what he does after that because we've seen with the likes of Povetkin if you get get caught no one really cares about your career because you're cheating it's always tainted no matter what you do If, if Povetkin was to go in and fight uh, the likes of Anthony Joshua and knock him out I guarantee the amount of people who will be like right test the samples because let's see he's not the he's not the he's not the Pavek and the fought David Price that's what we want to see and we want to see clean fighters and a clean sport and I think it, it, it's laughable that the, the president of uh, Golden Boy is coming out saying the fight's dead in the water um, because he wants 50-50 it's dead in the water because you're a fighter took drugs that's why it's dead in the water it's funny because they also come out as well in the same in the same sense and said oh well let's look at the uh, potential opponents for Canelo's comeback which doesn't include Triple G so they've talked about Billy Joe Saunders they've talked about Daniel Jacobs and they've talked about Spike O'Sullivan so there's three names that now they're throwing around that are potential opponents for them now they've sort of saying well Golovkin's priced himself out of a fight who the, who the hell's going to want to get in the ring with him now really I mean can under, well I can understand why some of the other three names would want to because they're going to want to put a beating on him that's for sure for all these tainted meat scandal but it's a big payday they know it's a big payday and selfishly they've got to think about their families and what it provides for them and their families which is it really it would be a big payday for them in September if either one of them three fighters got it I think Billy Joe Saunders is probably the funniest one that I'd like to see go in there because you just know for a fact the press conferences would be entertaining you might even see Billy Joe's son make another appearance and give him another nut shot to Canelo <laughs> it would be absolutely hilarious to see that one but I think we, we've talked about it previously and I think either any one of them three fighters would be would, I'm sure they'd be up for it I think they'd be sceptical about it but I think if the right numbers are put on the table of course they're going to go for it I don't blame Triple G for, for not doing it I think he should go down another route to be honest with you now and I think he really he should be looking at Billy Joe Saunders himself he should be really wanting to look at cleaning up the division that should be his goal really you know at his age he's 34 years of age now should he get this division cleaned up essentially he's got the opportunity to and you know Billy Joe Saunders is you know he's, he's not shy to say a few words and we know this and we know for a fact he'd take that fight in a heartbeat so it's, it's a good little mix of stuff going on at the moment in that division it's just ridiculous that Golden Boy and Eric Gomez think that they can price you know they can price Golovkin out of the fight basically by saying he doesn't deserve a 50-50 split I think he's ridiculous absolutely ludicrous and I don't blame Golovkin for it and I hope that Golovkin maybe he looks at you know the Billy Joe Saunders or gives Spike O'Sullivan an opportunity or maybe look at the, the Jacobs rematch I think people would like to see that again because that was a very close fight so let's just see let's just see what happens but Cahill I mean look at the other three opponents that have been named there for potential opponents for Canelo in the future would you agree that I think all 
three of them, if given the right amount of money for them, they'd take the fight in a heartbeat. Yeah, 100%. I think Spike O'Sullivan would jump at the chance and, and he wants to get, because I think with the payday that Spike will get for that, it's a huge fight. It's huge for Irish boxing. It's one that he can't really lose, if you think about it. In a lot of ways, he can't really lose that fight. He's going to come back. He's the one who got in with Golov. Huge for Irish boxing. We get so many eyes on the sport. And from that point of view, I'd, I'd like him to see fight Canelo, but I, honestly, I, I'd like to see him get the, if he is the due to get a big fight, Spike O'Sullivan, I'd like to see him get the, the Golovkin fight and I'd, I'd like Canelo to kind of be almost stuck for options in, in, in the fact that if you are going to take drugs you can't just come back and be and, and just point the finger at the opponent you want you should be get what you're given and Golden Boy need to realise that and from my I think financially for Spike O'Sullivan I'd be delighted to see him get that fight because it would mean he's getting a huge payday the biggest of his career and it's a fight he can't really lose so selfishly as an Irish boxing fan who's someone who follows Irish boxing I'd love to see him get it and when it comes to Jacobs I'd like to see the Jacobs fight I think that's a good fight um, I'm sure Eddie Hearn would, would be rubbing his hands at the thought of that but who knows by the time September comes I think to the zone um, the new venture that he has with the zone will be will be in full flow and I don't know if Jacobs is part of that I think Jacobs might stay with HBO so is that partnership one that might kind of is that one that's kind of off the table now who knows but it, it, it makes a lot of sense I like the Billy Joe Saunders fight purely for the build up I think it would be exciting I think if if we get the Billy Joe Saunders that was in with, in with Lemieux I think we get a we get a we get a we get a really good fight but I really think that Billy Joe Saunders really needs to get up for a fight and I don't think that's the one that's going to really get him up for it because I think it's kind of people are the whole drugs thing I think there'll be a cloud over it I think the, the route he wants to go around is the unification with Golovkin and that's the one I'd like to see him like to see him go down so maybe the Jacobs fight makes the most sense for Canelo if they're, if they're going on about purses and stuff like that but it, it will always be but you need to fight Golovkin and that will hang over them no matter what I don't think it'll hang over Golovkin I think he has a lot more options than Canelo does and I think Canelo is a very lucky man that can come back into the sport and thinks that he can uh, he can finger pink opponents and kind of say that's who I'm going to fight next for selfish reasons I'd love to kind of see Spike O'Sullivan get get the nod and, and hopefully he does because he has a family down there in Cork that the boxing is, is, is how he's providing for them so a huge payday would be great to see him get but if not I'd like to see the Jacobs fight Well let's move on and go to the next piece of information that we've got this week on the news and gossip section it's from Eddie Hearn he's revealed that he's open talks with Roman Chocolito Gonzalez and their team regarding a potential US fight with Cal Yafai that's interesting because we've just been talking about Cal Yafai about half an hour ago in the podcast about his his fight with Ankaraz this unification fight that's proposed Chocolito Gonzalez and what a fight that would be if Yafai got that and what a scalp it would be for him what a name on the record it would be if that fight came about and he you know he got the victory in that fight that would really really give him what he needs to get to that next level which is what we were talking about earlier on in the episode about the fan base and building it up being on the main events of cards and not being mid card this is a fight that you know it's quite an exciting fight to talk about to be fair I think Kyle Yafai you know it would be a really massive step up for him and I think he would pass this test I think Chocolito Gonzalez now for me I think he's we've, we've seen the best of him I don't know whether there's any more we can see and I think with Kyle Yafai as the fights are getting harder his performances are getting better so I think that would be a really good fight if that one comes off and what do you make of, of this proposal and this fight if it happened? Yeah, it's a really exciting fight, and I think um, I'd have to agree with you, Sean. I don't think Gonzalez is still the fighter that he was. I think the, he was pound for pound, if not number one, he was definitely up there in the top five. A lot of people, and he's really fallen away from grace a little bit. But he could see this as a chance to bounce back against someone like Califoy. And I think Eddie Hearn isn't wrong. I think that that that's a huge fight. And if the the Ankaras fight does isn't one that's going to come off next, the Gonzalez fight 100% made complete sense. And what a way to build your name in the states to uh, to build your name in boxing 
and I think for Yefai to to the scalp of Gonzalez, and I think that still it would be it be for me. I think Gonzalez goes in as favourite, um, just purely on record and who he's been in against and, and what he has done. He was forty six and zero, I think, at one point. So the, the, there's a, had to be a lot of respect given, and I think if Yefai could get the scalp, I think it's a really big fight. I, I, I'd be excited to see that one. And I think Eddie Hearn is going down the right road with Yefai. He's matching him against the good names. He wants to get him in the big fights, getting him over in the states. I think he's doing he's doing wonders with Yefai at the moment, and I think people are going to get to know the name Kalyafai and already people know the name Roman Gonzalez so for me that's a no-brainer and I think the the, the obvious route would be the Gonzalez fight but there also is the Ancras fight if that one can be made well let's move on the next piece on the list we're going back to this Deontay Wilder and anti-Joshua speculation as always Deontay Wilder has declared to the US media that it doesn't matter where he fights Anthony Joshua and that he would be willing to travel to the UK now that Joshua has decided that's where he wants the bout to happen so it's an interesting one we, we've talked about this potential fight so much on the podcast so I don't want to spend too much on this one but I think it's funny because I was talking to um, Collie the other day about this actually and we were talking about the, the where this fight should actually happen and it should happen in the UK for me I mean I don't know what you think on this and I'll get your take on it in a minute Carl but I think the reason why I feel it should be is I'm thinking more of a business perspective uh, I think there's, there's, there's a bit of a it's a catch-22 situation because if you have it over here in the UK you know you're going to sell out Wembley and you know you're going to get 90,000 people there and you're going to get massive gate receipts for it Sky Box Office will do well if it's over on HBO and you know even if Showtime pick it up as well if both of them pick it up it's going to get massive numbers over there no matter where this fight happens it will get massive numbers but in terms of gate receipts you'll get a lot more if you get 90,000 people instead of 25,000 people over at say the MGM Grand or something like that <laughs> or, or wherever they want to hold it over in America I can understand why they want to do it in America because Joshua needs to make his name over there and it's funny that clip of him at the basketball game the other day where they was announcing him as Anthony Johnson which I think is what other people are arguing why he should go over there and fight because they can't even get his bloody name right he's the you know the world heavyweight champion he's got what is it two three belts under his wing now they can only call him Anthony Johnson over in America well that kind of says it that he needs to have a fight in America I don't know if it should be this particular fight with Wilder but maybe the potential Jarrell Miller fight should happen over in America maybe then Wilder should come back to the UK and fight Joshua over here I think then maybe that's where we'll get it but if he's saying into the US media that he'd be willing to travel over here I think I genuinely think he means that because he's been over here once before he fought Audley Harrison and when you think about that now Audley Harrison in the ring with Deontay Wilder looking at where Deontay Wilder is wow <laughs> it's um you just you just beg beggars belief that's that's what I can say on that situation but he's come over here before he's fought before he's done a lot of media work over here he's willing to travel I think that's a genuine statement from him what do you think about this situation then Carl? Yeah I'd like to see the fight in UK for obvious reasons but I think the American market and what they're trying to do with Anthony Joshua I think means that the fight first fight will probably take take place in America I think American box office means that's where how they're going to pay the fighters I think the 25000 that they get in the MGM Grand for the ticket price that they do charge it, it, it's crazy money and it still generates millions and millions um, just from gate receipts and stuff like that I know Wembley is the big occasion and the, and the one we'd like to see but I think they're going about this I think that's the only hold up on all this is the kind of where it's going to be the business kind of side of things I think where the money's going to come from is a big thing and I think it comes from probably American box office who's going to pick it up over there 
I think that his own one is kind of interesting now. I don't think Joshua was a part of that at the moment, but who knows that the zone I think a first refusal, first refusal on something like that. But we know jo- Joshua was out of the out of his contract now with Showtime. I think I think that's expired. But he's going to sign with Matchroom again. I have to give if if Wilder. I think if he came out saying I'm 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 willing to travel to the UK. I think it's his team behind him who will kind of say yeah you can be willing all you want. Uh, we're looking after ourselves and yourself that we need to get this, this fight to be made. It needs the money to generate it, and I think that could be from the states. And I think Eddie Hearn is honest himself. He thinks that Joshua makes an extra ten million if the first fight's over in the states. But I think what they're going with is a two fight deal. And I think if the first one was in the states, if Joshua was to get the win, can you imagine the 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 second fight being in the UK? I think it, it builds it even more. For me, I'd like to see it in the UK first off. I don't think it will be. I think it will be in 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 America, and I'd be shocked if it wasn't in in, in America. But you have to if Deontay Wilder's a man of his word, you have to give him props for that, and you have to respect the man who is willing to travel into Joshua's backyard but Joshua willing to do the same you have to give the guys respect because it's not all about money at the end of the day but I think that's what it's going to come down to and I think we've seen as you said Joshua was over in over in LA last week and a lot of people were getting excited and then they see him at basketball games and I think yeah as you said he was called Anthony Johnson <laughs> I think it, it that's that's I think probably what his level's at that if Deontay Wilder was here and he was sitting at a, a football match and Martin Tyler got his name wrong people would be saying he doesn't need to fight in the UK but it's the US market such a big country people aren't going to know who Anthony Joshua is if you don't follow boxing and you have to be a huge name in America to even Deontay Wilder's another one of them who Eddie Hearn did a, did a perfect piece when he walked onto the streets of New York was like who's Deontay Wilder oh he's a basketball player isn't he it's that kind of thing of boxing is big in America but it's it's on all different kind of nights of the week I think this fight would suit the UK a whole lot more and when it's over in the UK you listen to any kind of other podcast or anything like that Joe Rogan all those kind of guys they all know who Anthony Joshua is they know the, the, that he can sell out Wembley and all that kind of stuff so to the people that matter they know who he is and he is the name he is I don't want to say he is the A side on this he carries all the belts and he's been selling out the stadiums with his but I think Deontay Wilder um, has a lot to offer a lot to bring to the table and I think he is going to get it the first fight in the in the US but I think it has to be a two fight deal I think there has to be some comeback for Anthony John, Anthony Joshua I need to call him Johnson <laughs> every time that name stuck in my head I he keep saying Johnson but um, I do know who he is so I think it will be in the US it deserves to be in, in the but I think it has to be a two-fight deal for it to make sense for both guys. Well, staying over in the USA, and there's a planned bout between Danny Garcia and Sean Porter for the 25th of August in New York. It'll be the first time these gentlemen meet up at the welterweight division, and it's a step in the direction that we want to see for Danny Garcia. We've seen him beat Brandon Rios earlier on this year. Sean Porter, we know from facing Kel Brook over in America, and he's on the comeback trail as well, and he's looking to make a statement back at the welterweight division again. So it's a really interesting good fight for these two I think it's I think it's a bit of a crossroads fight I want to call this one and I say that in the sense that Danny Garcia wins and he puts himself right back in that picture ready for a world title shot Sean Porter loses where does he go from here that's the thing is that a kind of situation where if he loses I can't see where his world title chance will ever come again whereas Danny Garcia if he picks up a loss he could come back and he could have another shot at the world title but I don't think Sean Porter could and it would be a really good fight for the pair of them I think and I think it's a fight that I'm glad it's been made because I don't want to see Danny Garcia in with someone like another Brandon Rios who was obviously well past his best fighting up at uh, you know two weights above the weight he was fighting at a couple of years ago it's for me he needs a big test and this is a big test for him and Sean Porter he's no slouch he's got that world championship pedigree with him being a former IBF champion so I'm really looking forward to this one being made and seeing how it progresses both of their futures but I think 
think the word I would call this fight, Cahill, is uh, is crossroads. What about you? Yeah, no, it, it, from I like this fight. I think it's a good fight. I think it kind of would sort out the kind of. The, there's a bit of a. There's a lot of names around the kind of the welterweight division now, and they're all kind of like wanting to be paired off. And I think this is one that's going to kind of sort out the kind of the mess that is made. And I think if this fight can get made, it kind of we get a clearer picture where where we at in the welterweight division. And for me, it would be Garcia being afraid, but I think it's going to take place maybe towards the end of the summer. But Porto has a lot to offer. He still knows he, he, he's by no means past and I think he'll fancy himself against Garcia Garcia's only come back against Brandon Rios but he did look good in that he kind of he announced himself and that he is back but I think this will sort out the little the little muddle that's there I think we can if we can see a clearer path for maybe if it was to be Garcia we can see the maybe determined fight re, or determined rematch we can see the Errol Spence kind of fight those kind of fights can be made then I think it's just sorting out the kind of pairing these guys off letting them fight and then we just have a clear picture of who the best guys are in the division yeah it'll be a good one and I'm really looking forward to getting an official announcement on that one I'm looking forward to when that is we're going back to Eddie Hearn now and we're going back to another claim that he's made this week that he'd have no problem in sticking Joshua Buatzi in against Anthony Yard which was a talk of social media quite a bit this week I think a lot of people actually saying that Joshua Buatzi's got that amateur background and pedigree to be to go in with someone like Yard who's sort of 13 14 fights on in his career someone who was offered a shot at the world title not long ago and whose team turned it down so Joshua Boazzi and Anthony Yard that that would be a cracking fight domestically and I think for Joshua Boazzi it's a golden opportunity for him because he's a lot earlier on in his career and if he beat Anthony Yard he, he essentially he, he'd do it like a, he'd like jump in the queue wouldn't he a little bit here because if he beat Anthony Yard so early on in his career it wouldn't be long before the world title's coming knocking for him if he beats someone who's been in a position to potentially fight for a world title at that stage of the career it'd be it's a really good fight I, th- I think if that got made tomorrow I'd be really excited for it because I'd really want to see that level uh, of where Boatsy's at because you kind of feel like in the fights he's had he just sort of strolls through him quite easily and you know he's he's had a good couple of fights I think it's about four four five fights now he's had he's, he just seems to be making it so easy and you just kind of think to yourself when is he going to step up when when are they going to give him somebody who's going to give him a really tough test I wouldn't be disappointed <laughs> if this fight got made I wouldn't be sat there going oh well Joshua Boatsy's only uh, essentially a novice pro which on paper he is but with that amateur background we've seen what that amateur background can mean to fighters when they get thrown in at the deep end so early on and I think Lomachenko is is one of them fighters who's got such a fantastic amateur background that he was able to just transition straight into the pro game and be fighting for a world title in his second fight so it's nothing to say that Joshua Boazzi can't go in there with Anthony Yard and potentially beat him what do you make of that fight then if that came off yeah, it, that's an exciting fight, and I don't think people kind of look at the records and kind of go, "This should be a routine kind of win for Yard." I don't think that at all. For me, it's it's a lot closer fight than people think. The only thing that I think Yard would have over him is just the professional experience. I think everything else swings in the kind of favor, maybe the power as well. But I think everything else swings in the favor of Buatzi. And for me, it's 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 a really interesting fight and a very close fight. I think Buatzi's amateur career, what I've seen from so far, and basically what I've seen from Yard, I haven't seen a whole lot from Yard in terms of yeah, he 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 can he has the power, he has all that, but. He's still kind of he's he's fairly green himself, and that kind of that might play into the hands of someone like Buatzi, who does have that amateur pedigree, who can break opponents down and that kind of stuff. So there must have been a reason that they turned down the world title shot. It was that they're not ready. So for me, these Olympians like Lamachenko, throw them right in at the deep end, and look at Lamachenko now. I think they could do that with Buatzi if Buatzi was to get a win over um, Yard, which I think I don't think Frank Warren's going to be jumping at that because I think he has big plans for Yard. To kind of he could be the, the next golden boy, the Frank Warren uh, machine over there. And I don't think he's going to want to put him in with Buatzi. 
going to make it really hard. This one will probably roll on, roll on until it's killed stone dead. We know any Eddie Hearn will probably stoke it up as much as he can in terms of this is a 6-0 fighter. If you believe in your fighter, put him in with him because I think a lot of people really expect a lot of big things from Boazzi and if it comes in a seventh fight, I think it would be, then that's what we'd love to see. That would make, it would make all the sense in the world in terms of if you're Boazzi. Yard it probably doesn't because he does, he wouldn't come off if he was to lose in the most glowing of terms if he was to win they'd be like oh you better guy who's only in seven fights in but I think it's Buatzi's amateur career and how he started in the pro ranks that people are excited about it and I, I'd be really excited to see that fight and not one that I'd be disappointed by at all and I hope it can get made but if they're saying that Eddie Hearn and Frank Warren can't meet to make a huge fight in Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury where they think that's impossible I don't think they're going to get together for a fight like Buatzi and Yard or maybe it is the kind of maybe lesser names at the moment but they can't seem to get on about it get on at all to do anything so I'd be surprised if we saw it but I, I would be lo- I'd love if we saw it well let's move on then and go to the final piece of news and gossip for this week and it is more so gossip than news it's Jarrett Hurd tweeting out a picture uh, well a, a fan made poster by the looks of it of him versus Kel Brook which which uh, would be a fantastic fight. And we talked about Jarrett Hurd, Kel Brook, uh, the Charlos earlier on a couple of p- podcast episodes ago. And we are really excited to see where Kel Brook can go at this new weight. Jarrett Hurd's already gunning for him. Jarrett Hurd wants this fight already. This would be great for Kel Brook. I think it would be a really big test and I think at the age Kelbrook is I think he needs to be in these big fights now I think he can't be going back and taking that step and fighting you know fighters that have got sort of you know, sort of at the end of the careers he can't be fighting them type of fighters anymore he needs to be fighting these big fights I think he's 31 now Kelbrook and he's been an IBF welterweight champion he's super welterweight division now he needs to be going in back for these big fights he's had his comeback fight now he looked really good at the new weight we think he's better at a bigger weight we've always felt he's been killing himself for a little bit too long Jarrett Hurd Kelbrook, oh what a fight for me that would be an absolute barnstormer of a fight if that was to happen and if I'm being honest at this early early stage and very preliminary stage of a potential fight I, I don't know who would pick for this one because I don't know whether the power of Hurd would overcome the, the the timing and the speed of Kelbrook in this one and it's, it's one of them fights where I really would be on the fence for and I really would like it to happen because boxing needs fights like this this is what boxing is all about making these big fights making the big fighters fight each other instead of fighting fighters that they'll knock over you know every day of the week this is what we want to see and it's good that Jarrett Hurd's trying to push it and this is the fight I I, you know genuinely as you can tell in my voice genuinely would be excited for Cole what a fight this would be if this one came off yeah but it sounds but Eddie Hearn's interested in it as well he said the American fight is there but we were really interested in the Jarrett Hurd fight and that's one that I'd be really excited to see and I think it'd be great if Kel Brook did kind of get in with, with the big guys in the division and I know he's after the Charlos and stuff like that as I mean in terms of depth it's not a massive division in terms of names it's not a massive division but if you know boxing you're going to know that it's an exciting division the Charlos are getting more exciting by the day it seems seeing them talking with Floyd Mayweather those kind of guys I think they might be with Floyd Mayweather now I'm not too sure I, I, I couldn't say for sure but the, the Jared Hurd fight makes all the sense in the world and I think Jared Hurd would more than likely be willing to travel to the UK and for me it would be it's 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 a 50-50 fight just in terms of we haven't seen a whole lot from Kel Brook in this division and we are still I think we, we are waiting just now I think over the next couple of fights we're going to see the best that Jared Hurd so I think he's going to say yeah this is a huge payday for me it's a huge chance to really get my name out of the, out there now out in the UK out in America because Kel Brook is a big name in boxing no matter what they say and it, it leads on to big fights with the Charlos there's the Amir Khan fight and 
no matter who what they say all of those guys are going to want to fight Amir Khan because he is the money in the division he is the money name in that division and I know he's not he's in welterweight but he's going to want to push up and he's going to I think I think he knows himself that the big fights that he wants to be in I think is Kell Brook the likes of the Charlos and he can, he can move up himself I think it was Kell Brook who always kind of he struggled with the kind of weight I don't think Amir Khan has the, the, the same kind of issues so I'd love to see the Jared Hurd fight I'd love to see it in the UK and I think it does big numbers on its own I think that could be that could be a, a, a big card whether it's in Sheffield whether it's in London but I think Jared Hurd is someone who comes to fight he has real power and who knows is, is it Kell Brook's kind of yeah I'm still here nice or is it kind of the past of the torch for Kell Brook's going on yeah this, is, this isn't for me anymore but it's such an exciting fight and I hope it's one that can get made and it's great to see Eddie Hearn saying that yeah we're really interested in Jared Hurd because a lot of people might go who's Jared Hurd that makes you look up Jared Hurd you look at his record you look at the titles he's carrying this is a brilliant opportunity for Kell Brook to get back in there and it's a great opportunity for Jared Hurd Jared, Jared Hurd as well because he's not going to have the notoriety that Kell Brook has but he can make such a name for himself off Kell Brook well that concludes news and gossip for me Carl is there anything else you want to bring to news and gossip for this week no just one I did want to touch on was the um, I don't know if you saw it Sean we know Eddie Hearn is out in America now trying to make it uh, make it big and he's approaching fighters I don't know if you saw uh, the Adrian Broner tweeting out the, the picture of the deal being broken down and calling it a slave deal I think it was something <laughs> yeah. like six nearly seven million dollars for three fights uh, I, I don't know what you what, what your opinion was on that but I think Adrian Broner kind of he, he seems that he's kind of getting back in terms of purely on his boxing but then when he's calling something like seven million dollars over three fights uh, a slave deal a kind of I, I, I'd like to get your take on that because a lot of fighters wouldn't make seven million in their whole career he's getting it for three fights and two of those fights could be against maybe hand-picked opponents who knows but the, the way he goes about business I was wondering what you might think of that especially when it comes to Eddie Hearn trying to build fighters think that he's trying to kind of mug him off a little bit and kind of go you can't come over here with, with all your money and think that we're just going to bow down and take, calling that thing like that a slave deal I, for me it, it, it's a joke it's disrespectful to a lot of fighters it's disrespectful to Eddie Hearn and 7 million for 3 fights he's lucky that he's getting 7 million for 3 fights considering what we've seen from Adrian Brown later so I just want to get your, your take on that Sean. well Adrian Brony we know what he's like he can be an absolute dickhead uh, it's as simple as that for me he, he, he is a dickhead when he wants to be and it's unfortunate because he's, he is a talented fighter and he can be such a talented fighter if he applies himself and he lives the life more in terms of the deal call I think the deal's a fair deal at the end of the day Eddie Hearn's coming over he's trying to establish a, a big promotional stable over there as well as being in the UK and he's, he's offering him a deal like you say that not a lot of fighters would get this you know this early on there's no guarantee that he would get the same types of deals with his current promoter do you know what I mean that, that that's the thing for me he, he's just kind of thinking oh well you can't come over here with all your your British money and go yeah well I'm just going to buy you off the slave deal comment is just ridiculous he's just creating tension where there's no tension that needed to be created there and you you wonder why like there's so many political correctness statements going around and you wonder why there's always so much tension these people like that making comments like he did and it's just ridiculous I just think I think he's going to end up coming back with his tail between his legs in about 12 months time when nobody else wants him when he's made another idiotic comment or another idiotic move outside of the ring and he's going to come back and go Mr. Eddie Hearn I need your money now mate and I think that's what's going to end up happening here and then we're going to all be laughing on the other side of our faces when that happens especially Eddie Hearn because he's going to be like I told you so I told you you wouldn't be able to get a better deal elsewhere 
and I bet it's something like he'll end up being caught with a firearm and nobody will touch him with a basketball and Eddie Hearn will say look I'll give you X amount of million of pounds to, to be able to do three fights and he'll probably end up with less than what he's been offered here but that'll be his own fault because he's made idiotic comments he's been a bit of an ass as usual and I, I, I love when he when he's on form in the ring he's fantastic and he looked like such a promising fighter and he's, he's probably still got something left to give if he can apply himself but I just don't think anytime soon we're going to get to see that and I think we're going to see documentaries on people like Adrian Broner in another 15-20 years time about the rise and fall of Adrian Broner about a guy who had so much talent but yet squandered it all outside of the ring by making idiotic comments and doing idiotic things so that's my take on this situation I just think he's he's, he's jumping the gun too soon making idiotic comments he's, he's going to ruin things for himself and well let's just see let's just see in 12 months time what happens any other comments then for this week Carl anything else you on your mind no no that, that that's me Sean um, a, a quiet week in terms of there wasn't many fights but I think we covered them off and I think this weekend I think if there was a fight in my backyard I'd watch it because we don't have a whole much, a whole <laughs> lot of boxing so um, it's a little bit quiet but it is busy over the next few weeks yeah there's lots of small hall shows and like I said at the top of the show there is a few uh, down in London there's a couple of fights over in America maybe it's a good opportunity for to kind of catch up on these sort of smaller hall shows and see what's been going on there and or maybe just have a weekend off <laughs> I never get a weekend off to be fair when it comes to boxing there's always something to do something to talk about and it's 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 a short one this week it's a quieter episode this week there's not as much content in it I think we'll be looking at covering obviously the Watkins the Coli fight in the next episode and you know hopefully we'll try and get a couple of other interviews on for the next episode as well for some of the upcoming fights I mean we've got the Tyson Fury comeback and the undercar of that fight so maybe we'll try and see if we can pick up any of the guys on there and get them onto the show but as always it's been fantastic and as always you know where to find us uh, at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast on Facebook and thanks for listening to this episode thanks for listening to the Greatest Heavyweights episode as well I'm, I'm really glad that went down pretty well and people enjoyed it uh, I think a lot what most people enjoyed about that one was uh, the comments about Dom King being batshit crazy and there was a couple of comments up on the Facebook page about the fact that he is one slimy motherfucker is Don King and there is a documentary that you can find that I did post on the Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast Facebook page about him ripping off not just people like Tyson but Witherspoon as well you know there's people out there ripped off so get over there and look at that link it's on YouTube really good documentary about one slimy man but other than that I thank you very much as always for listening uh, and Cahill do you have any final words before we call it a night? No I think we have, we have loads of boxing coming up now so I think the, the show will be jam packed again and hopefully we can get a couple of couple of fighters on again and uh, it's just a quieter episode it rarely happens but um, these things happen we can't be jam-packed every week but um, no, I really enjoyed the heavyweight episode and stuff like that so hopefully we can do a kind of little more specialised um, episodes like that in the coming weeks but um, yeah when the, when you see the episodes come out um, give us a like share and subscribe and we always appreciate it and any comments you do have any questions you do have don't don't be afraid to, to ask them and don't be afraid to, to let us know what you think and we'd really appreciate it if you did well I did put a little tweet out there about questions Sam but uh, I think I put it out a little bit too late because there was no questions <laughs> so uh, next week I'll make sure I put it out a little bit earlier give you guys a chance to get some questions over to us just general questions really questions about our opinions on some of the fights coming up some of the incidents that we've been talking about in the episodes and just general questions even if you want to ask us who the winner of Frotch and Ben would be or the winner of Duran and Pacquiao you know things like that please fire them over to us because we really appreciate the interaction on social media if you look out next week we will have some new artwork coming your way from a company called Fight Fox Media really looking forward to seeing what the new podcast artwork is going to look like and it's going to be a little bit smarter than what we've got at the 
the moment so I am really excited for that one but as always guys you find us and I'll say it again at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast on Facebook you find us on SoundCloud find us on iTunes find us on all good available podcasting apps thank you very much for listening to episode number 37 and we'll see you next time Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.